Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my good friend, Stephen Cervantes. Hey, Jonathan. How are looking, you, sir? Looking so sharp. I actually tried to step up my game. You know, this there is <laughs> webinar day, and Stephen always comes in a white tie, or in a white shirt and a red tie, and I actually wear, wore a long sleeve shirt with collar. So He's that, I'm wearing my collar today. It's like, good job, right. Jonathan. Up your game. You won't see me in a tie, but at least I got a collar to my shirt. <laughs> Um, well, listeners, um, we are so glad that you're with us. Uh, I wanted to just share with you um, some of the the resources that we have coming up as the year closes out, especially for men. We've got um, two more of our Gateway to Freedom workshop, three-day intensive weekend workshops for men coming up in November and December. Uh, and so November 1st through the 3rd, we're going to be in Florida and so, uh, and then December 6th through the 8th, we're going to be in Texas. And those are the last two uh, workshops for this year. So if you are needing a catalyst in your recovery journey, you're just needing a boost, you're maybe at the front end of your recovery, uh, these are incredible experiences for helping you dig down into the deeper areas that need to be healed and, and uh, just transformed. And so you can learn more about that if you go to our website at BeBroken.com. And just click on the men link, and you'll be able to get to the workshop from there. So, Stephen, we've you've got an interesting um, kind of letter from a, a wife to her husband that we're going to try to unpack and maybe glean some insights from this time around. Yes, right? how exciting! Sometimes when we do the podcast, I get to be the wife, and he gets to be the husband or the outside observer, and it's like we try to represent the wife's view. And the wife's heart, and yeah, we're a couple of lugheads here. We're guys. We don't know how to do it, but <laughs> but God is good, and God helps us. And sometimes we do a pretty good job, I think, of capturing a wife's heart. So what you're about to hear is uh, a letter to my resistant husband who needs to change for us to go forward. Um. And it's not one wife's comment. It's a compilation of wives that have come in and sat and talked and said different things. And I pulled it all together. And when I read it, we're calling it uh, a letter to my resistant husband, um, whom I love very much, uh, but must make changes for us to go forward. Mm-hmm. And so this sort of fits the guy that's been caught doing porn or having affairs, or whatever, and he he's still acting like, well, it's not that bad, or just get past it. He hasn't bad. embraced and owned his problem. Yeah. yeah. So she says, husband, dear, would you please be humble? And would you be open? Because you haven't been humble. And you haven't really been open. And I want my marriage, and I want my husband but I don't want my old marriage that you just blew up. I want a new, better marriage. Hmm. I love that this this wife starts here because this is such such a foundational element to any kind of transformation that's going to take place in a man who has been bound up in sexual sin of any kind, and that is uh, humility. Humility is just the foundation, and humility is essentially saying it's 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 owning up to what you've done, who you are, um, and then it's also putting yourself under the authority of truth. So the idea is saying I have been living outside of that authority. I, I've been I've been saying in my own pride, 
I want to live the way I want to live, and that obviously has not worked. And so humility is saying, I need to try a different way. I need to submit myself to truth. I need to submit myself to what is right and good. Mm. And what we see here is that that's not only going to have a benefit for his life in terms of what needs to happen for him, but it has a direct impact on his wife and their marriage. When he learns to be humble and to be open. And I like the idea, too, of of this wife's desire for something new. I think that's incredibly important. Because I think a lot of times the fear that I think both a husband and a wife can have in the potential idea of restoration is that we're basically going to just be propping up the old system. It's just resurrect it, polish it up a bit. Yeah, make it just look a little bit better. Yeah. You know, like, but this is saying, no, there's a, there's a, there's something new that needs to be birthed here, not just a rehash of the old. So, dear, I see you in this battle. I see you fighting yourself between emotionally opening up and just saying, no, no, everything's all right. It's all right. I'm good. I'm good. And you just keep saying, everything is better. It's okay now. It's okay now. It's better. I'm not going to do it again. Dear, it's not better. It's not better. Yeah, and, and what I see underlying this, this idea of, of just saying the right things but not really opening up is this is the fear and apprehension that we see in every man of, of just wondering, do I really want to go all in in what it's going to take to transform my life? Do I really want to go all in in what maybe recovery requires and what healing requires? Because so many times when the the spit hits the fan, so to speak, there's damage control that a husband right. starts doing. So he's he is trying in his mind, he's saying, what does she want to hear right now? What's going to appease her? What's going to make her, you know, like calm down yeah. instead of going, what needs to change in me? Like, what do I actually need to own up to? What do I need to expose? What kind of vulnerability do I need to nice. embrace in order to actually get well? And so I think he's going to have to deal with the fear there because just saying the right things while you're still, your attitude's wrong, you still haven't embraced humility is not going not gonna to work. So, honey, let's get one thing straight. You need to follow my lead right now. Because your lead got us to this broken place. You got us here with your best thinking. Will you be humble and open and follow some wise counsel? Yeah, and I think this is, another, this is one of those things, too, where there's a lot of fear. Sometimes there's anxiety, even anger. Um, when a, a guy realizes that in, in a very real way, from a biblical sense, he's kind of abdicated his role. Um, in in the marriage, and so he he finds it very difficult then to maybe look to his wife as um, strength in this season as leadership. Now, this also doesn't doesn't negate the reality that a wife has healing; she's going to need to go through as well, right? She's going right. to need to put herself in the position of of connecting with some some women and counsel that can help her through this. But I love what's what's said here in terms of just being willing to follow wise counsel. I think what I've seen in a lot of guys, and I was even there for a while early on, is we can put ourselves in the room 
with wise counsel. Yes. But that doesn't mean we're following wise counsel. And there's that humility mm. piece again. It's like I see guys come to our, our group all the time that they're willing, at least for a season, to put themselves in the room of some wise counsel, but they're not really ready to go, right. I'm going to do those weird hard things like journaling and like calling guys and all that. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that. So she goes on. She said, I don't get this. And maybe I can get you to see this. Because it's one thing I know, you see me as sad and negative and hurting and broken and with low self-esteem. But that's not what my father above sees when he sees me. I want you to get past that. I want you to stop seeing me through your eyes. I want you to see me through God's eyes. Now this, I feel like this is coming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, This is starting to sound like this is coming from a woman who's done a little bit of work in her, you know what I mean? Because I I don't know if this is the the thing that a woman could say day two after realizing her husband's infidelity and all that kind of stuff, uh, because she might also be seeing herself as the broken, hurt, angry, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, But regardless, this is something where a guy, a husband is eventually going to have to get to and, um, and recognize that he has in her, uh, a precious, priceless daughter of the king. There's an identity issue here. And I think this, I, honestly, I think this is work that has to happen not only in his view of her, but he's also going to have to do that work in his own life because we see so many times shame overwhelms a person in this state and they begin to misidentify themselves. They have a false identity about their, their own life. But I think this idea of identity is so huge. And how are they ever going to restore if he doesn't begin to see her as she truly is, as God has made her. So dear, I want you to know that you're good at business, but you're bad at emotions. And if you decide to change and do the emotional work, I'll know it. And here's how I'll know it. Because you will start doing uncomfortable things, sacrificial things, pushing yourself kind of things. I don't want cheap talk right now. I want you to start acting like you're ready to make some serious changes. And this is this is huge uh, because I, I think that when um, when a couple goes through this, there is a recognition by a lot of husbands who would like to save their marriage that there are some things that they're going to have to do, right? And and you know I think I think you've even grown in this in your counsel over the last twenty years because you know twenty years ago I think you were consistently saying to to wives, hey, just you know watch his behavior over time, and then I think you added some things to that after you realized that guys can do behavior mm. that looks right, and then six months later everything falls apart because. He's been doing behavior that she can see, but his heart hasn't been changing. Right. So I think your counsel has changed over the years where you're saying, yes, watch behavior, but also listen to language yes. and also try to try to see, see motives. Like what's mm. the motive of the heart? Because I think if, if the heart is actually changing, language changes too. 
you see language that isn't always doesn't always have to be right, isn't always making excuses, isn't trying to prove himself, but is actually growing and learning and humbling and confessing. You know, there's a there's a change in language. So if if the language looks exactly the way it did before, then even if behavior's changing, his heart's not changing. Right? Yes, that's good. So, okay, dear, here's something I can make clear to you. I need you to be sorrowful before God, but in my direction. Not just sorrowful to me, but repentant for having violated God. Mm. And I would like to be around and experience some of that. Not just cheap apology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But understand you violated God. And then that sorrow must drive you into action. Mm -hmm. If I don't see any action, then I'm not sure the change is occurring. Yeah, this is where I see. Well, I want to go to a list real quick here, and then I want you to jump right in here. I want you to confess to the pastor or a church leader or an elder. I want you to go read the Be Broken website. There's a bunch of stuff there. I want you to go to a group, do some counseling, read a book. I want humility, sorrow before God, and action that you decide to take because you need it. Yeah, so there's there's three things here that I that I want to address. One is is confession and what I typically will call a serial confessor. So this is a person that will that is willing to confess, but they keep doing the same things over and over again. So they're simply confessing the same oh. things over and over again. Okay. That does not indicate repentance. Because repentance is a change of heart and mind. And as the heart and mind change, then direction changes. And, and repentance also does bring what the Bible talks about, a godly sorrow. So a worldly sorrow is saying, oh, man, I got caught, and I need to do damage control. Right. Godly sorrow is saying, if I was the only person on the planet and I did this, I am grieved because I hurt the heart of God. I'm grieved because I violated his holiness and his law. And when that grief and that sorrow gets into our being, then we don't make changes because I want my wife to see me or or because I want my reputation to be saved or I don't want to lose my job. We make those changes because we say, I I want to be who God created me to be. I don't want to live outside of that. And I broke me first. And out of that, yes, and out of that repentance— then I think the third piece here is I need to take initiative for what I'm going to do about it. Mm. So I'm not going to pass that responsibility on to my wife for her to set up a counseling appointment, for her to find a group for me, for her to register for me for a gateway workshop. No, it's like, no, I'm going to take ownership out of my brokenness of heart that I want to be a man of God. Whether my marriage makes it, whether my circumstances change at all, I'm going to initiate the changes that need mm, to take place. That's good. And I think when that happens, I've seen this happen time and time and time again, where even in a wife's pain and hurt, there's a relief. There's like a there's like a pressure that is taken off of her when her husband takes full ownership and responsibility of what he's going to do mm-hmm. about his issue. And th- I want to make a comment on this one because— I love the whole idea that you have to go to your church to confess. Yeah. You find an elder, a senior member, a pastor, but you can't keep this a secret. No. 
if you've got to go to church on Sunday and there got to be men that say, how are you doing? What's going on? Get yes. in your face. They care about you. You know, you've got to have the men in group, in church, right? And around you, encourage you, support you, call you to a higher standard. Church is, is meant to be our family. It's not meant to be our entertainment. And so I think we have got to make those relationships vital and important. And you're right. We need to be known. <laughs> we need to be known by those people who, who love us in our church. So, dear, I want to tell you this. If you resist, and I'm only saying this because I love you, if you resist my encouragement and wise counsel, it's because you're keeping your heart closed and I need you to find a way to open your heart. It's been closed a long time. I've been pounding, knocking, begging, and I haven't gotten in. And you've chosen closed emotional smallness over the growth that I've been inviting you to. We've tried living with your logic and part of God's spirit, believing in God, talking to God, but even you lock him out of part of your heart. We need a new plan. It's got some logic in it. It's got a whole lot of God, more of God's spirit coming in. And it's got some more emotion and wholeness and healing that floods in. Mm -hmm. That's what I need from you, dear. You know, what I, what I hear in this is I, I think, uh, you know, the Bible talks about in Revelation 3 about how Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And that's actually written to the church. It's written to believers. And so it's this idea that even as a believer, our hearts can be closed to God, and I, I feel like like through this wife, Jesus is standing at this husband's heart oh. at the door and knocking and saying, Amen. "There's there's still places in you that you're not letting me in, and if you don't let me in, you're not going to let anybody in." <laughs> and so it's like this husband has to make a decision, and I think this gets back to the fear issue, right? We fear the unknown. We struggle with our confidence as men. Um, and, and because we are so unfamiliar with what it means to go down to those really deep places in our being, because we don't have language for it, we don't have experience with it, we, we've never had anybody model or disciple us in, in that, that it can just be terrifying to think of letting anybody into those closed places in our hearts. But True. here's what I would say to the husbands out there. If you have a wife that in any way, maybe not with these exact words, but in any way is expressing this to you, praise God and thank God for that. Amen. Because you're having, you have somebody in your life that's saying, there's places in you that need to be opened up and I'm wanting you to open them up. And that's a good thing. Yes, it is. So my dear, let me make this real simple. Please stop saying old, simple things. Oh, just be happy. Just be happy. Look at all the stuff we have. Uh, uh, don't look back. Don't look back. It's okay. Look forward. Only look forward. Uh, forgive me. J just forgive me. Uh, I won't do it again. Uh, I promise I, I won't do it again. Your old solution, your old language, just keep us stuck in the old place. God and I are trying to wake you up. You have lived attached, and I have believed your promises a thousand times. Yeah, they... And you disconnect from those around, you live disconnect from me and the people that love you. 
mm-hmm. and you say simple things and it's not working. Would you please stop all the old simple things you say and pretending it'll just get better? And that, that key word there is detached to me in my mind. He, he's detached and, and not only just detached from his relationship with his wife, he's detached from himself. He is, you know, when I think when guys almost exclusively live from their head, like from their logic and from just things got to make sense and keep everything in order and just, you know, kind of a fix it mentality, mm-hmm. they say these very simplistic things. Right. Because I believe this, Stephen, and I could be wrong here. I believe that our language reflects the depths of our own hearts. That's right. Yes. So absolutely. what we say is giving us an indication of like how deep of a person are we? Like if our language is real shallow, our language is real That's simple, you right. know, it's real cliche, then we're, we don't have much depth to our, we have not explored the depths of our own hearts. Mm. And so I think, You're again. You're pretty smart, John. <laughs> that is good. I, I, I like that. The shallow around language, in the mud. <laughs> shallow language, shallow talking, shallow, simple, shallow people can only hold the shallow. They can't go in the deep end. Yeah. And so... I love how she says it here, God and I are trying to wake you up. Like, this is a team effort. And <laughs> oh, will good. you listen? Will you wake up? Will you snap out of it? Yes. Now, this doesn't mean that snapping out of it means you're going to snap your fingers and be deep mm. in a heartbeat. But I think what this is, this, again, is an invitation to have this guy look at himself and go, what is your language indicating about the shallowness of your heart? And are you willing to open yourself up to deeper dialogue with God, with some other men, with his wife? Um, You got to go deeper. Yes. So my husband, please understand no one knows you. And it's really time for you to learn you. And as you learn things, then come home and tell me and the family what you're learning. Because learning and growth is the only way forward. I don't want to go back. I was lonely. I didn't feel like you knew me. You didn't know you either. I don't want to pretend everything is all right and we're fine. I want us to really grow and get better. I want a real love story with you. Yeah, this idea of, you know, we talk in the workshop about the the greatest need that every human being has is to be fully known mm-hmm. and fully loved. And so what this wife is saying is, I can't even fully love you because no one knows you, not even me. You, you're closed off. And so I love how she puts this, though. This isn't about her saying, um, initially, it's not about her saying, Tell me who you are. She actually says, no, you go find out who you are. Uh, that's good. You go learn you. And as you begin to discover, you're, you, know, you start taking the elevator down into your heart. With each floor that you land on, make sure you share with me and with the family what you're finding out. But mm-hmm. I love the, I, some, where I think some wives may go wrong on this is in their desperation for maybe um, security, control, whatever it might be. They're trying to like pull 
out from their husband the information that they want, the things they want to know, and you mm. tell me everything. And I think what she, I think there's wisdom in what she's saying here. Hey, you've already shown me to this point that you have certain things you don't want to tell me. Fine. But if there's going to be growth and a, and a restoration and even possibility of a new relationship with each other, you've got to go on a self-exploring venture where you understand you. And then, because she's saying, I don't want to go back. And, and going back would mean he stays in the shallow. He doesn't tell her things. He doesn't know himself. Right. And you can't That's build good. a new relationship. So, from that. dear resistant husband, please stop blaming me. Start looking deeper inside yourself. I, I know I'm not perfect. But if you want to know the truth, you don't know me. You don't enjoy me. You don't pursue me. And you haven't been growing with me. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's it's interesting here. You just hear the anguish in this wife's heart. And I think this is probably going to resonate with a lot of our our female listeners is this idea of just not feeling connected, not feeling known, not feeling pursued. Yes. And I think that is at the core of the heart of a woman is that idea of being cherished, right? Yes. And so what she's doing is she's, <clears throat> she's I think, appropriately admitting that to him. And I love the way she puts it in the context of, I know I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to say, like, I think there's a false dichotomy that is set up sometimes when this happens. We've seen this happen many times, right, where he's all bad, she's all good. Oh, right. Right? And yes. that creates all kinds of its own problems because it's easy for her now to point to him and say, Look at all the ways that you've betrayed me and all and all the spotlight gets on him in terms of deficiency and defectiveness and all that. And she can almost feel absolved as like, I'm the saint over here because I didn't have an affair. Right. But she's at least admitting, hey, I know I'm not perfect, but this isn't about being perfect. This is about a relationship. And the fact of the matter is in this relationship, you don't know me. You don't pursue me. You don't, you know, you haven't expressed that you really want me. Mm, sad. So, husband, I can admit that I have not been loving you well. I'm tired and frustrated and lonely. Can you admit that you've not been loving me well? Mm. Because that admission is the beginning of the change. I will do my work, but you must do your work. This is important. I think so important. We have to recognize that even when you think about marriage, right, it's, we're called, there's a oneness to it from a biblical perspective, the idea of marriage. We still have unique individual responsibilities within that, don't we? Yeah. And that's what she's saying. She's drawing a clear line here saying, I know I got work to do, but don't you worry about that. You've got work to do, mm. and will you at least confess that? Will you confess that you have not been doing the work well? I'm confessing I haven't, so let's get on the same page and actually start doing our individual work that needs to happen. That's good. So in closing, dear, this is written in love. I'm made in the image of God, and I want to love, and I want to love you. And I want you to know that I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting for me. I'm fighting for our marriage. I'm fighting for our faith and our God and our future. Please stop resisting. 
Start listening and following. Fight your fears. Fight through noise and pain. Fight for oneness. Remember, your vision, your old vision of this marriage got us stuck. And then you broke down. We need a new vision. And I'm not going back to the old one. Yeah. I think this is a healthy, if I could put it this way, line in the sand that a wife needs to draw. Mm. And then I think it's important that husbands seriously think about what they do next because it matters. And are they willing to go all in saying, I need to go to the depths of my soul. I need to, I need to really have a transformation at a deep level because I will tell you this, there's only one person that any of us are guaranteed to live the rest of our lives with, and that's ourselves. Right. So if this husband looks in the mirror and says, if everything else about my circumstance went away, do I still want to live with the me that I've been living with? And I don't think that man could come to a conclusion of saying yes. And so mm. then he's got to make those difficult choices, but they're for good and they're for the good of the relationship. Mm. So listeners, we hope that this has been a helpful way to just kind of peek into the heart of a wife that's trying to help her husband draw out into the light and, and come to grips with what he needs to deal with. And if this sort of you know touches on your situation that you might be in, uh, we would love to help you. We've got resources. We want to help you navigate these difficult waters of trying to rebuild a marriage that's been broken by uh, sexual sin. So reach out to us. You can contact us through puresexradio.com, or you can always hit us up on Twitter at Pure Sex Radio. But we look forward to having you back here next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.